0: Ask N.T. Wright Anything podcast. Well, hello and welcome back. It's Justin Briley with the show brought to you in partnership with N.T. Wright Online, SBCK and Premier Unbelievable. I'm head of theology and apologetics at Premier. Great to have you with us. And today, N.T. Wright responding to a variety of pastoral questions around ethical dilemmas and regrets. Should I boycott the Qatar World Cup? What do I do about the fact my job involves working on the cell line of an aborted baby? Was I responsible for my friend's suicide after I rejected his romantic advances? Some big, tough dilemmas and pastoral concerns coming up. On today's show, Um, hope you find it helpful. Just want to say as well before we get into the show that we've got some wonderful new podcasts that are launching at the moment from Premier Unbelievable, including Matters of Life and Death. It's a new podcast with bioethicist John Wyatt and his journalist son Tim as they look at some of the big issues that confront Christian ethics around biology, medicine, technology, beginning and end of life issues. Essential listening for anyone who's interested in tackling and thinking through those issues. You just need to search up the Matters of Life and Death podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And we love it when people leave reviews of this podcast too. Uh, Linda out in Colorado Springs said, I love the podcast, have it playing regularly with my two small kids in tow. I find so much thoughtful and respectful wisdom given that I try and tuck away for future conversations. I find it's not only what dr tom wright says but how he says it so wonderfully respectful and engaging in some ways though differently i think of cs lewis when i hear of how tom thinks about the world i find that i have more confidence for how i might engage and discuss things with my children someday as they grow and age in what seems like a tumultuous time because of this podcast and the topics covered Bless you, Linda. Thank you very much for getting in touch. And please do rate and review us in your podcast provider. It helps others to find out more about the show. And you can find us also at our webpage, askntwright.com. Com. And just before we leap into your questions today, you can book in for Unbelievable the Conference 2022, where you'll get more opportunities to quiz brilliant minds on all aspects of thinking faith. Saturday, the 14th of May, is when it's happening live from the British Library in London, but you can attend from anywhere in the world online. It's an especially good time for uh, listeners in the USA as well, because we're doing it. 2 p.m uk that's 9 a.m eastern so we'd love you to be with us loads of brilliant speakers and uh, you can even get a ticket for our live evening event the big conversation live with dr ian McGillchrist and christian neuroscientist sharon diricks all as part of the package so unbelievable dot live the place to register for that the link is with today's podcast right now into today's show Well, as we often say on this show, and as I think we said in last week's episode, um, Tom is certainly not anyone's pastor via podcast, but we do try to answer some ethical and pastoral questions that people struggle with, uh, with what we know of, you know, that comes through the questions, but we always do advise people to seek wise counsel um, in their own uh, situation as well. So we're gonna tackle a few ethical questions, um, pastoral questions around regret, Uh, and remorse and so on on today's show, Tom. um, Let's leap straight in with Frank in Portland, um, who says, uh, I'm a big world soccer fan. And my wife is a big American football fan. We love watching the athletes compete as image bearers of God at the highest level. The Qatar World Cup is coming up soon, but I'm aware of many of the human rights issues that have occurred during the building of the infrastructure for the tournament. Modern slavery, horrible work conditions, deaths and so on. I'm also aware of how the largest day of human sex traffic in, in America is sadly the day of the Super Bowl. Now, how are we as Christians who are called to not be of the world to respond to the way sin has infected these big worldwide events, which would otherwise be, or should be at least, fine to participate in? What do you think of this one, Tom?
1: Yeah, it's a toughie. Um, Sin has infected, in some ways, everything that is around us, so that when I go across the street to one of my favorite places of worship and listen to the choir making wonderful music. uh, when in time past I have got to know people in such choirs I see that there are all sorts of ways in which sin creeps in even to that wonderful and apparently spiritual exercise um, how much more perhaps when it's about football or whatever but mm. it's probably pretty much the same actually and mm. uh, just as when the pandemic began and somebody was quoted as saying um, I don't need to wear a mask when I go to church because the, the God is in the church and he will protect me uh, Um, And uh, my response to that, which I think I said in my little book on the pandemic was, listen, I'm a bishop. I know that actually the devil can find his way into church just as much as anybody (laughs) else can. So I want to say things like the Super Bowl and that horrible statistic about the largest day of human sex trafficking in in America, Mm. etc. Yes, these throw into sharp relief questions which actually we ought to be engaging with all the time. Because when you walk down the street, there is no safe space, there is nowhere which is pure, from which you could then go to somewhere which is totally impure. Of course, there are degrees, there are places of prayer, places of holiness, which really do have that quality. There are other places which are thoroughly wicked, where people are exploited, where really bad things happen. And sometimes you can almost smell that when you when you go by. Mm. And, there is a sort of discernment there. So I'm not saying everything's on the level, but it's all on a continuum. Having said that then, I think if it turns out that there are major, major ethical issues in how some great event like the Qatar World Cup has been put together. And it's notorious that the reason that that was located in Qatar in the first place mm-hmm. um, was was very dodgy, according to all the newspaper reports that mm-hmm. I've read. Um, then I think there would be a case for boycotting it, just like I know at the moment we're coming up when we're recording this. um people are starting to talk about the the Winter Olympics, which are coming up. Mm-hmm. And some people are saying we cannot possibly take part in uh, an event organized by the Chinese for obvious reasons. And this gets very political. And I remember in the um, 70s and 80s when uh, Russia and its satellites boycotted an American Olympics and America and its satellites boycotted a Russian one and so on. But those are symbolic of what we as Christians ought to be thinking about anyway, actually, that that is, is it wise, is it good for us to take part in this? For me, for instance, if supposing I had a friend who was heavily into um, uh, professional wrestling or something like that or uh, uh, and said, Tom, it's such fun. Why didn't you come and watch it with me? i actually would be sickened by watching people um, slugging the daylights out of each other now i know that some of that stuff is staged and it's not real and they all have a good time and they get well paid but it still seems to me that actually um staged violence like that is not something i would like to be party to and you could come back at me and say but you like watching rugby matches don't you and the answer <laughs> is usually yes <laughs> sometimes it gets too much but um so we are we are all involved in this but i think in other words it's the problem of world culture as a whole and uh, perhaps not the event itself, although the, the event may have some things there, but it, it's then a matter of spiritual discernment. Should I actually go to this? Um, I mean, my wife and I have often enjoyed theatre. We've enjoyed live music. Um, we've once or twice been taken by friends to, to comedy evenings. And I remember once being taken by friends, and it was a sort of a dinner and a show, etc., cetera, et cetera. And the comedian came on, and about halfway through, he started saying very unpleasant things about Christianity and about Jesus. And I felt Mm. decidedly uncomfortable. And the friends who'd invited me knowing who I was, Mm. they felt uncomfortable as well. Had we known in advance that was gonna be like that, we would not have gone. So I think those are the kinds of decisions we have to wrestle with. And at Mm. every point in human life anyway, we rightly say week by week, day, day by day, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that isn't then a license to go and sin because we know, we know we're going to ask for mercy. Mm. But mm. we realize that as we walk through this world, it's a messy world and we get yeah. our feet dirty. Yeah. And that's why Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He said, you don't need to wash all of you, but regularly your feet need washing. And that may be a, an, a piece of advice not to yeah. walk where there is rather obvious mud waiting for you.
0: And who knows? Perhaps you know, um, Frank. If if you are a huge sports fan, uh, you can be part of what it is to be a redeeming force within that, you know, and and what, well, be able to, to to campaign for,
1: you know, proper standards or whatever it but, might be at, at sporting yes, fixtures. And, I was going and to and say so something on. about campaigning with the later question, but that's exactly mm. right. If yeah, you get the chance, yeah. I mean, best of luck when it comes to the Qatar World World Cup. It's a bit late for that, but um, <laughs> well, sure, but, sure. But point taken.
0: Well, let's move on to some more questions, Tom. Um, This one is another sort of very personal ethical dilemma here that's come in from Paul in Shraveport, Louisiana. It says, dear Dr. Wright, I recently started work in a research lab and have been set to work on tissue cultures. I was working with a culture for a couple of weeks when I decided to look into the background of the cell line. I found that it had come from a child aborted in the 1970s. I felt sick to my stomach since I even volunteer at a Christian crisis pregnancy centre dedicated to womb to tomb pro-life stance. But I came to think that I shouldn't take a stand at work. My working or not working with this cell line is not going to affect whether any more children lose their lives. But I still remember the little girl it came from and sometimes feel sick all over again. would really appreciate your advice in this situation. Thank you, Paul. Okay, Tom, yeah, this is this is quite a start. That's
1: that's a real, real toughie. And I'm not a medic. I'm not a scientific researcher, but I've heard tales like this before. And it seems to me it's completely right to be horrified and repelled at the thought of working with tissue that has come from a little life that somebody decided to terminate. And uh, I'm, I'm basically um, with you, Paul, on what you clearly believe about the, the, the life in the womb. Uh, the more we know about life in the womb, the more um, it seems to me that is the God-given life already there. You can't see it, but I have a picture on the side of the wall over there of my youngest grandson when he was about minus four months old. And uh, mm. I've been praying with that picture, praying for him before he was born. Like I pray with him and for him now that that he's running around. Um, and 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 that that's that's hugely important and our society has neglected that and it's shameful and i think at quite a deep level spiritually psychologically individually and corporately there are really bad things happening in that way I think the question then is what you do with that sense of revulsion, because um, I think it's it's completely okay to feel um, revolted and horrified. But I think you need to find a way of appropriately lamenting for that little girl who was aborted. Um You need to pray for her, um, assuming that she is loved by God and somehow looked after by him because he is the God of generous love and Jesus loved little children. And it seems to me ridiculous to say that and then say, but he doesn't care about this one. Um, mm-hmm. But if that's so, then out of that lament, then I think you can perfectly reasonably, perhaps with others from your church, in a wise, creative, not an angry and um, violent way, of course, you can ask questions. Why in this laboratory do we work in this way? Um, what's at stake here? What would happen if we stopped using tissues from uh, uh, children who'd been aborted? Um, And as one prays with others into that situation and working with the church and with the scientific community, then campaigning might be appropriate. And there are all sorts of campaigns that have alerted people to issues that they didn't know about, like you didn't know about this cell Mm -hmm. until you uh, traced its background. I didn't even know you could do that with cell lines, by Mm -hmm. the way. So it seems to me, yes, lament is appropriate, but lament then should lead to leaving the issue in the hands of God. You can lament it, bring it to God, use the Psalms, bring that little child to God and sigh of relief. She is his child, not yours. And then ask coolly, calmly, prayerfully, what can we do about this? And if that leads to some sort of a campaign, then good for you, go for mm-hmm. it. But as I say, it's not my world, so I couldn't advise you as to what precise line to take from then on. It, it's another one though,
0: like the first question, where it, it reminds you of the, the complex way in which sin is all entangled with all different ways, you Absolutely. know, in which the things we celebrate, because I'm sure that what the work that that Paul is doing, I'm sure is, is for a good cause, you know, um, Yet it's got this sort of dark shadow side of where that, that yeah, tissue yeah. culture has come from. And, yes. and and these are not easy things because we live in a world which which is broken and, and we sort of live in the midst of the brokenness and have to sort of also yes. try and redeem it where we can. And I can understand why Paul would say, well, c- at least I can do something that is positive, even if there, it has this yes. sort of shadow mm. side.
1: And I, I think I think there's a problem there in that as Christians, we naturally want to get things right. We want to do mm. the right thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are many, many issues in life where it's a choice between two second bests or between a third best Mm -hmm. and a fifth best or whatever. And then we have to uh, think prayerfully, maybe discuss with friends, make a decision, and then maybe say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. But I really do think this is what we have to do in this case. And, um, life, ordinary life, real life, Christian life, is made up of many such moments. Not that we are careless, but precisely because we are careful about these issues, the more careful we are, the more we will realize just how ambiguous a lot of things Mm -hmm. we do are, and how we cry to God Finally, to put his world right. We can't do it ourselves here. We can produce signs of that putting right and uh, say, campaign for better ways of doing things, but we won't necessarily be able to solve them all here and now. Mm.
0: Well, well, we'll finish with another really difficult personal pastoral question, um, really heartrending sort of question, really, from Addie in Oklahoma. Um, uh, Addie is a young woman who says, almost two years ago, when I was 18, a good friend of mine killed himself at a party. I'd known him for nearly two years before that happened and we'd had lots of conversations about faith. He was clearly struggling mentally and with drinking, but he was a wonderful person deep down and always had a passion for God. Days before he killed himself, he had confessed long-time feelings for me and I did not acknowledge them as I should have. His death wrecked me and my faith took a big beating. I still find myself carrying guilt for his death, thinking that if I perhaps had said something differently, he would still be here. It's very hard to come to terms with the fact that this was God's plan because I'm not sure if it was. Was God counting on this to happen or was there something I could have done to prevent it? Is suicide ever in God's plans for one's life? And did my friend killing himself damn him to hell despite his love for God? My faith has come a long way since then, but I still miss this friend so dearly and I pray constantly for his soul. Well, there's a number of questions there and I don't know which you want to start with, Tom, or just to simply well, yeah, just reflect on this whole uh, I'd situation. I start with,
1: with grieving with poor Addy. This is a real toughie and... Uh, uh, I do want to say i don 't believe suicide is ever in god 's plan for somebody 's life um, uh, in my family five or six years ago now, there was a family member who took their own life, and uh, anyone who 's ever been near that sort of thing knows that there 's a ripple effect and and everybody involved feels a measure of guilt. Was there something I could have done? Mm. So uh, Mm. obviously in Addie's case, there's something very personal going on there. She uh, wonders if she didn't respond in the way that maybe would have changed things. But but actually that is the normal feeling whenever somebody takes their own life. Everyone who has anything to do with them thinks, maybe there was something I could have said. Mm. What to do Mm. with feelings like that, I think in prayer, one has to lay them before God. Lord, I really wonder if there's something I should have said. I'm feeling guilty about it. Please help. And this is a case where, a classic case, where pastoral assistance is, I would say, more or less vital. Um That uh, if there was something wrong, I don't hear from what Adia said that there was anything wrong, because in the ordinary course of relationships, if somebody says I have strong feelings for you, that puts you in an awkward position if you don't at the moment reciprocate them mm. and you don't want to um, say something which will immediately encourage it in a wrong way so maybe the right thing to do is to say well thank you but but not now at the moment actually not realizing what that may then result especially mm. if somebody has been in, in a drink culture and so on um so uh, then I would say, in some traditions that the practice of confession and absolution is enormously pastorally wise for to go and and pour out uh, a sense of of if there was any guilt, this is how it feels anyway, and to receive from somebody in the name of God and through the love of Jesus assurance of god 's forgiveness and absolution and healing from that that sometimes can provide a platform on which a new healthier awareness of uh, the whole situation can, can can stand we are not told and in in the bible there is there is very little about um whether it is uh the, in in Addy's phrase, did my friend killing killing himself damn him to hell despite his love for God? We are not told that about. I mean, the church has often taught that suicide um, means that you are no longer going to be part of God's ultimate future. I don't believe that. Um, The people that I know who tragically have killed themselves, um, I don't find myself needing to say biblically about them that therefore they will not be part of God's final new creation. It is a great sorrow, there's no question about that, but I don't think we know what God actually thinks about that, especially because people who do take their own lives are so deeply distressed and disturbed, and it seems to me punishing them hereafter for that as well Mm. is simply, you know, adding more injury uh, one on top of another. So, Um, But I think then in terms of moving on, it's not a terribly good phrase that, but being able to say, yes, this is now part of who I am, that sad memory, but I have laid it at the foot of the cross, which is the only place where it can be dealt with. And as I look at the cross and see Jesus himself, taking upon himself the pain and horror of the world. I need day by day, week by week, month by month, to leave that pain there as best I can. Some days that'll be easier than others. And to be able to go out sadder, but perhaps wider, um, to be a person of love and sensitivity and wisdom in God's world. But it's a tough row and, uh, yeah. to her and, and Adi, you, you you must seek a local pastoral help for that. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, we do. We do encourage you to do that, Addy. Um, talk it through. Uh, help someone who ha- with someone who can help you to, to 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 bring that before God and just to receive God's assurance of forgiveness and uh, and so on. And and God, God will do right by your friend. Um, and we, yes, um, we, we we yeah. Uh, it's always hard to know what to say in any situation like that. But but our prayers and thoughts are with you, Addy. God bless you. Um, Thanks for all of the questions that have come in today. A a really interesting variety of of ethical and uh, pastoral issues. Um, If you've got more, you can, of course, get in touch with the show and and send your questions in. You're welcome to do that. We'll we'll tell you how to do that at the end of the show. But for now, uh, thanks again for joining me, Tom, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. thank you for being with us on today's program next time we're going to be tackling questions about feeling guilty about evangelism and outreach how far should christians for instance seek to impose their moral beliefs on a on a largely secular society um can we do evangelism without bible bashing uh someone who's been made to feel guilty about evangelism uh how do we fulfill the great commission lots of practical questions there on outreach and evangelism on next week's program. Uh, just a reminder that our show partner NT Right Online have a free ebook from Tom on The Book of Acts for podcast listeners if you want to get access to that. The links are with the show notes today. Uh, you can also receive news from the show by registering at our webpage, askntwright.com. You can even ask a question too, and we'll be doing another QA session with Tom soon, uh, creating some new episodes of the show. So this is a good moment to get registered and ask your question. And just a final reminder that unbelievable.live is your place to register for this year's unbelievable conference in may helping you take god off mute in your life speaking with grace and truth into today's troubled and divided culture Uh, links are with today's show thanks for being with us see you next time